Football on Off The Ball. Brought to you by Boyle Sports. Now with same-day withdrawals to your Visa debit card. You're very welcome to the Friday Football Betting Show. Over the next half an hour, we're going to preview the weekend's Premier League action. We'll also look at some of the Allianz Football League action as well. A couple of big games of interest this weekend. I'm joined in studio by Liam Blanche of Boyle Sports and Stephen Doyle from Off The Ball, commentator. And uh, we're going to look ahead to the games. But before we do all that, obviously, we're going to look at the offers this week, Leon. And just before we get into this, guys uh, and girls, um, just remember, always gamble responsibly. Never bet more than you can afford. It's all a bit of fun. And, uh, you know, we're going to try and give you a few insights. Some people in the studio are good at picking, some not so good. And we will definitely get into that in the next half an hour. Some uh, good bets last week and some that didn't come through. But yeah, let's start with the, the the offers of the week, Leon. So big game this Sunday, Manchester City and Chelsea and uh, Boyle Sports. So the offer there is Aguero first score was three to one, now four to one. You know, Aguero always tends to score, especially at the Etihad. Yeah, he does. And I think we saw it against Arsenal. He obviously got a hat-trick. He was non-existent in the game against Everton, but it was a different type of game. I think at home against Chelsea, look, he's probably the best number nine in the Premier League at the moment. So anytime you get an enhancement on Aguero, it's always worth noting. So four to one from three to one to open the scoring in the big game on Sunday. Yeah. Now, the next one. This is a treble involving Manchester United, Arsenal and Liverpool. All to win was two to one, now three to one. So United away to Fulham. Arsenal away to Huddersfield and Liverpool at home to Bournemouth and that United are on a half 12 tomorrow yeah. Arsenal and Liverpool both play at 3 o'clock so you, you know you could have your 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 bet in by 5 o'clock tomorrow <laughs> evening yeah the one I'm a little bit worried about is Arsenal they haven't won away since November so it's a little bit of a worry however you're playing the bottom side no better team to play than to stop that dreadful away record yeah. and I hear, you know, MRI talking about we still have this serious chance of finishing in the top four. So if you want to finish top four, you've got to be beaten bottom of the table, Huddersfield. So two to one to three to one. Yeah. And Stephen, I know you commentated on Huddersfield, Manchester City a few weeks ago. And, you know, you've seen Huddersfield. Up. Yeah. It, it just it seems like they've just already they're preparing for life in the championship. Yeah, I think so. They're, look, their big problem is they haven't got a goal scorer. You know, I think if they had somebody like a a Mitrovic or a Rondon from the, the, the struggling teams around them, they might uh, have a chance, but they just they haven't got a goal scorer. The only thing I would say is that Sievert is only in. He's only had a couple of games to try and turn things around. He's also got Aaron Moy back fit, and we all know how you know cru- crucial he is to Huddersfield's yeah. style of play. He's a playmaker. He can score goals. So I'm kind of avoiding any bets involving Huddersfield at the moment. I'm just worried that... They might just click under Sievert and, you know, a game against Arsenal could be that game because we know how weak Arsenal can be at the back. Now, look, if you, if, if you were to ask me now, who am I put my money on? I'd go with Arsenal, definitely. But I just have that little thing in the back of my mind that Sievert might get Huddersfield clicking before the end of the season and gets, get a result. But um, as I said, the big problem is they haven't got a goal scorer. Um, so, yeah, I said it's just personally, I, just, I would be avoiding Huddersfield. But I have to say... That, that bet for the three teams to win Arsenal, Liverpool and Man U, is, Man U. It's, it's, a, it's a good one, I think, because I would be fancying Man U and Liverpool definitely on Saturday. Yeah, we will get your picks in just a moment. Don't forget as well, if you want to get in touch across all our social networks as well, and the best comments will be in with a chance of winning some great prizes with thanks to Boyle Sports. Right, 
let's uh, go to last week's bets, okay? Um, I, I know uh, we're going to start. Uh, we start with my bet. Um, it wasn't. Uh, it was looking all right again, Steve. You were at this game last week, Leicester yeah. and Man U. I went for United to win, which they did, but I thought both teams would score. And when Rashford scored early, I thought, yeah, this is going to happen. Leicester have plenty of time to get an equaliser or a consolation goal. But what, what was it? What was funny, it like in at the game? I thought the funny thing about it, Phil, was the best chances they had fell to their two centre halves. Johnny Evans had a brilliant chance towards the end. Fresh air shot. He took uh, a volley from about six yards out. And Harry Maguire as well uh, went very close. So, you know, when they're depending on their centre halves to come up with their best chances, that says a lot about Leicester City. Um, Vardy, there's something going on there. I think, now I didn't see it at the game myself at the time, but apparently he worded it and they, or he was caught shouting yeah. an expletive at Claude Puel. <laughs> Yeah, he Basically, wasn't happy Puel no. was talking to Pogba. Yeah, absolutely. Um, he just wasn't happy. He didn't see why that should happen immediately after a game. Yeah. I suppose there's two sides to that story. Well, the, the, you know. the thing as well, I don't think Puel is not playing to Vardy's strengths. No. We know Leicester City are, you know, they, they when Vardy's at his best and he's playing well with Leicester City, it's when they're on the counter-attack, they're hitting high balls over for him to chase onto, but they're not playing it like that at the moment. The way they're playing at the moment is they're going through the two full-backs or Harry Maguire through the middle. Harry Maguire basically is there, you know, he'll generate all the attacks uh, coming through the centre, or else he'll go through Chilwell or Pereira on, on yeah. the left or the right. And that doesn't suit Jamie Vardy. He likes balls over the top, he likes to run off the shoulder centre-halves. And I, yeah, I think I think Leicester in a bit of trouble at the moment now. They haven't yeah. won a game. Well, he's always in trouble. The team's quite well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's only he's always only a game away from a crisis. Yeah, and uh, I would definitely see him not being there next season. Um, no I matter. Think that, I think Brendan Rodgers is a Leicester City manager in waiting. Yeah, well, well, I think Rodgers would suit the likes of Vardy. Yeah, because um, he did it with Liverpool. He played many games on the counter attack when they were away from home. And Rodgers, to me, harshly treated by Liverpool. He's taken Celtic, I think, as far as he can go. There's no funds available. Yeah. Um, he'll probably win the league again. And then I think Celtic fans wouldn't begrudge him going back to the Premier League. I think that was well. If Rodgers was to go to Leicester City, he would clear out uh, a lot of the, you know, say the Premier League winning team. Yeah, the yeah, likes of Like Vardy's 32 Danny, now. Simpson. Get rid of Vardy. You know, hang on to the lads like Pereira, uh, Chilwell, the yeah. younger kind of players that can play ball. He'd like Harry Maguire as well because he's a centre-half that can play with the ball. Yeah. Um, and then maybe bring a couple of new attacking players in. Um, I suppose taking the opposite path to uh, Martin O'Neill going from Celtic to Leicester City. Yeah, OK, Leon, your bet last week. We can get it up here on screen. Obviously, I didn't have a winner there but let's have a look at your bet Burnley to beat Southampton it was a draw now this game was on I was watching this in studio last week it was on and Ashley Barnes was denied a stonewall penalty like <laughs> yeah. the most nailed on penalty and I just it was nil all at the time he now was actually lucky to stay on the pitch because he went absolutely mad at the the assistant because the ref looked like he gave it didn't he yeah, originally yeah. that's what I mean I, I was just watching the highlights of it and it looked as if the ref gave it yeah and then there was this big commotion and he didn't give it. Yeah. Um, he booked him for simulation. So then when he's on a yellow, then yeah. he abuses the assistant. Technically, he should be getting a yellow for that. And then he's off. But yeah, it was uh, it was one where I did actually fancy Burnley, but um, Southampton just had... Sean Dyche is always funny in those situations as well because he gives his post-match 
and it's that kind of <laughs> passive aggressive yeah. yeah you know he was like he was trying to not say the wrong thing about the referee but you could see he was absolutely fuming well, they did get a penalty they ended that run of more than 60 games without a penalty so yeah. they, they did get it okay john duggan who was in this seat last week uh, he had a bet and it was a, a winning bet wolves to beat everson we did talk about this yeah. where we fancied wolves but we weren't all going to put our money where our mouth no, was like john duggan i did. was i was picking between wolves and burnley i said it on the show last week and i just thought home advantage kind of swayed me to burnley but wolves were excellent yeah um, I suppose Everton were pretty awful yeah. against Wolves. It was a better performance from Everton against City. Again, like what Steve was saying about Huddersfield, Everton have no cutting edge up front. They no. just don't have it. And there's another manager who'll yep. probably see out the season, but he won't be in the hot seat I next season. We'll get into that The amount of money they've spent. Yeah. They've no no striker there. No, and they, I know we'll talk about some of the fixtures in a little bit, but Marcus Silva, Everton manager, going back to Watford. They are waiting for him this weekend. Silver Derby. They could put the final nail <laughs> in there. Uh, Kev. Kev, unbelievable. <laughs> he actually had a winner. In from the cold. Yeah, Manchester United to win. Manchester City to win. And Crystal Palace to win. So I suppose Palace was maybe the one where you didn't know how they'd get on against Fulham because Zaha was suspended. But uh, five to one, well done, Kev. Yeah, I think a very shrewd signing by Palace getting um, Batshuayi in right. until the end of the season. He just gives them that focal point of attack yeah. where the likes of Zaha and Townsend and MacArthur and other type of players, they can all work around him. Yeah. And the one thing about him is he will score goals for Palace. Yeah. I'm sure of it. Benteke as well, he actually looked pretty lively. Yeah. He had overhead. that overhead kick. Yeah. Well, he never beat the overhead, he scored at Old Trafford. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I, just, I, I really like Benteke, he seems like a lovely fella and I just want him to score. You're just, you know, every time you see him getting a chance, you just want to see it going in. Yeah, like he's that type of guy. I mean, I've heard stories about him that he's just a very likeable guy, but he, he, he suffers from lack of confidence Yeah, in himself, That's you know? It. So hopefully, look, I think with Benteke and Batshuayi, Crystal Palace have no fear about relegation. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in fairness to Kev, like, we give him an awful stick, but when he wins, he does it big. Like, you know, it's like a, a fancy flick, you know, it's, it's an eye catcher and it's not like the small little bets that some of us go for. Five to one, pretty good stuff from Kev. Well done, Kev. Right, so let's get into this weekend's action. And um, we'll start with Fulham and Manchester United because it is the half 12 game tomorrow. Fulham are in dire need of a win. United, the prize at stake for them, win. They go into the top four. Yeah, and look, I think when Solskjaer took over um, from Jose Mourinho, they were 11 points off uh, fourth place. They've been on an unbelievable run and they fully deserve to be where they are now. I think it's nine wins out of 10. So it's a remarkable achievement from him. You've got to give him a lot of credit in terms of how he's turned the dressing room around completely. Yes, he started at a low point, so you can only go up. But the way the players are playing for him and the way they're buying into him, the fans have definitely bought into him. Yeah. And that's a crucial, crucial thing at Manchester United. If you've got the fans on side, you're halfway there. They all say Ferguson's down at the training ground with him most days. So what? Yeah. Who cares? You're winning matches. He obviously has a great relationship with... Sir Alex, um, and I would fancy United to go to Fulham and get all three points. I think Fulham, they do play an expansive game of football. It suits Manchester United. They've got pace on the counter-attack. Rashford and Pogba, they've struck up a serious understanding between assists and getting match-winning goals. They did it at Wembley. They did it against Leicester. Um, and United now are winning ugly as well. Yeah. And that's something we didn't really attribute yeah. to them under Mourinho. Um, but it was always ugly. 
Yeah, but like <laughs> it was ugly to watch. But even yeah. they couldn't even get them wins that were like Mourinho style, you know. Yeah. But Lindelof is playing very well. Um, Phil Jones, new contract today. <laughs> that, yeah. That'll show you though. Remember Smalling signed the new contract just before the Liverpool game, Mourinho's last game. And if you saw the replies on social media, Phil Jones, like it just shows that United are doing so well now. It's kind of gone under the radar a bit and people aren't as critical as they would have been yeah. a few months ago. Well, the interesting thing here is that, you know, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer came in as a caretaker manager. Now, United have signed it, we've signed up a few players now to new deals. Uh, Anthony Martial last week signed a five-year deal. Rashford's about now to Phil sign. Phil Jones, Rashford's about to sign. David De Gea apparently yeah. is going to sign. He's going to become the most, uh, the best paid goalkeeper in world football at about £300,000 a week. But Solskjaer is not um, arranging these new deals. Now, he's there for the photo shoot, all right, when the player has his pen to paper. I wonder who is organising these deals and I think Alex Ferguson is playing a massive part in what's going on at Old Trafford at the moment as you mentioned early on he's been seen down at the training pitch six, six or seven times over the last few weeks I think that Solskjaer okay on the, the management day today him and Fiona maybe picking the team that kind of stuff but I think Ferguson is playing a bigger part here than people actually realise because the way they're playing it's just got Alex Ferguson's fingerprints yeah. all over which is great though because obviously you know he, he had the illness and you yeah. know it was touch and go for a while, and we were. But here he is now, and he's looking well when we see him in the in the stadium, and yeah. he's he's going to the game. And, stuff. and we all know how much he loves Phil Jones. Yeah, he, right. he, 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 you know, he said a lot of big things yeah. about Phil Jones when he signed for us. So I just think I definitely um, with those deals going through, I think maybe Fergie's playing a bit of a part there. But as Leon was saying, there, you know, they're winning ugly. But I think looking at if you look at the first three games that Solskjaer uh, managed. Uh, Bournemouth, Huddersfield and Cardiff three teams that were there for the taking and they absolutely tore them apart beat Cardiff 5-1 3-1 against Huddersfield 4-1 against Bournemouth Fulham looked like they downed tools last week against Crystal Palace yeah. um, some, uh, Ranieri came out with a quote there saying so we need soldiers who have to fight until the end then his midfielder Tom Kearney also came out a couple of weeks ago saying we really can't outfight teams we aren't big enough we aren't strong enough so there seems to be conflicting messages coming out from the, the Fulham camp yeah. I think, I, I said it a couple of weeks ago, I, I think Ranieri was the wrong man for this job. Fulham, they're in the trenches here. They need to fight their way out of relegation zone. Ranieri's not the right manager for them. And I think they're really in trouble. I think they're gone. They're finished. And I think United could tear them apart this weekend. Yeah. yeah what kind of, I presume, like United? 8 to 15. Yeah. You know, I mean, look, there you are 8 to 15 for a reason. Um, you're not going to get rich backing them on their own, but I'm sure they'll form plenty of accumulators over the weekend. But United now are only 11 to 8 to finish in the top four. Um, they were as big, I think, as 12 to 1 when Solskjaer took over. Yeah. Um, it looks, in my opinion, a straight matchup between themselves and Chelsea. Yeah, and they, yeah. they still have to play Chelsea at Old Trafford. They'll fancy themselves for that one. We don't know what Chelsea are doing at the moment. They're, they're hot and cold. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk about them in a bit, but... You, if you were to pick top four now, I think everyone in this studio would all pick United. Yeah, yeah, I think they just have the momentum, Phil, and I think Chelsea have got the back, the backdrop of almost winning that Europa League. I think they're quite capable of winning the Europa League, and that gets them into the Champions League. And Sarri, yeah, they're hit and miss at the moment. Still don't understand why Kante's not playing in his preferred position because he's the best in the world at it. Um, but Chelsea, they just. I'm intrigued, and we'll talk about the big game on Sunday, but I think Chelsea can rise up for the big matches. Yeah. And again, something similar that the big players will want to play on the big games, but when it comes to the mundane stuff, uh, we don't have to turn up. 
like they did against Bournemouth when they got absolutely trounced 4 0. I'll just go back to United actually, just quickly. Yep. I'm actually having a little look. United, the handicap minus minus one is 31 to 20. I think that might might be worth a little nibble, but because yeah. I, I do you, think they'll get goals, especially I, if they I get an early goal. You can yeah. just you know, obviously the longer it goes, nil all, then Fulham grow into it. But yeah. uh, you just think if United score early, they could absolutely pummel them. Definitely, yeah, absolutely. Okay, Leon, you mentioned Bournemouth there. Bournemouth, the visitors to Anfield, Liverpool in the middle of this crisis, two draws, and <laughs> honestly, like the reaction after the result against West Ham. Uh, maybe social media isn't the best barometer for <laughs> what's going on, but it was a dreadful performance. But Liverpool are still in the driving seat. Now, saying that, this is the kind of game I, I kind of looked at last week. I kind of looked at City at home to Arsenal. This is a perfect game for City. Liverpool at home to Bournemouth. I think this is the perfect game for Liverpool. Yeah, because I think Bournemouth will play football. Yeah. And um, Liverpool. They do need a performance, Phil. There's no question about that. They need something to give themselves a lift. Forget about all the talk and forget about everyone saying they've blown this, they've blown that. At the end of the day, if they win tomorrow, they go three points clear. And that's all that should matter. I think when Aldum, Henderson and Trent being back in the squad is a huge boost. Um, you saw how thin Liverpool's squad was last week. When you start Adam Lallana, Naby Keita and Fabinho as your three centre midfielders. They've never played before together. They looked all over the place. At times I thought Keita was playing on the left side of a back three. He was dropping that deep. I felt a bit sorry for him because in the second half, he actually showed me a bit of courage. He was he better was, in the second half, yeah. He was the only one who wanted to get on the ball and run at West Ham. So I think Liverpool will win tomorrow. I wouldn't be surprised if it's three or four nil. I just have a feeling this game could come at the perfect time for Liverpool. They won't play then until the following Tuesday week against Bayern Munich. Yeah. So it gives them a bit of time. Get a win. Maybe go out for a few drinks together. Maybe celebrate this victory. don't drink anymore, Leon. Well, look, you know, Jurgen Klopp does. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure that if a few of them go and they go to a nice restaurant in Liverpool tomorrow night after getting three points, get just... Calm it down a little bit and actually realise where you are. Yeah. You know, realise that you are in with a serious chance of winning the Premier League. And I'm not saying it because I follow Liverpool, <laughs> but I think chasing City could be the making of Liverpool. Yeah. It really yeah. could and be the making of them. I know we're doing the game on Premier League Live tomorrow, and I'd be very interested to hear what the atmosphere is like coming through the speakers because the Leicester game, there was so much tension there. I've seen a few of the, the Liverpool fan forums kind of encouraging fans this weekend. Like you said, Leon, get behind the team because everyone thought City were going to have this title wrapped up by Christmas at the start of December. Then all of a sudden Liverpool go ahead and everyone's given Liverpool the league. It's all done now. Just concentrate on what's in front of them. And if they win tomorrow, Steve, they're, they're right back on track. But yeah. performance is important as well. I think they will. I remember watching distinctly watching the uh, the reverse fixture at uh, at Vitality, and the one thing I felt about that game was Bournemouth show Liverpool far too much respect. Bournemouth aren't a physical side. I did Everton versus Bournemouth on off the ball a couple of weeks ago with Kevin Kilban, and it was the one thing we said they don't have, you know, they don't have any players that are real physical, aggressive, you know, fighters. They don't. You need, you need players like that, like a centre half and a central midfielder in your team. I know the way Bournemouth playing. They need, you know, they've players that can play good football. That's fair enough. But you need a couple of aggressive fighters in your team. The, the other big problem for Bournemouth tomorrow is they're missing a few players. Obviously, Nathaniel Klein can't play. 
Why Klopp let him go, I do not know. It was ridiculous. The way people are but, going on, it sounds like he'd be up for Ballon d'Or. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, he did leave the, it, it did leave them short. But the other it thing is, did. Brooks and Wilson are two of the most crucial players to how yeah. Bournemouth play. They're both out now. Yeah. Um, it's a big blow for them. I think they will go to Anfield. And again, I think they'll just show Liverpool too much respect. Liverpool will have plenty of room to pass the ball. I think Mo Salah's due a couple of goals. He got a hat-trick in the last game. You can get them three to one to get two plus goals uh, against Bournemouth tomorrow. I think it's a good shout for uh, for that game tomorrow. Yeah. And I just think this talk of Liverpool having a wobble and nerves and all this—it's all—it's nonsense. Well, know? I was talking to a couple of people, ex-players, um, <clears throat> and they pointed out that the last four games Liverpool have been awful in the league, absolutely dreadful against Brighton, against Palace, against Leicester, and against West Ham, and they've got eight points out of twelve. Yeah. Now, if that's your wobble. <laughs> And if you, you can, if you can get back, uh, that's why I think tomorrow is crucial that they put in a performance. Yeah. I think for themselves, Phil, it's just it's, one of those high energy, absolutely, you know, almost go back to what you were last year. Yeah. Well, do they go back to the four three three? That's because yeah, Firmino they, looks like he's well, suffering. I, I think the yeah. crucial, and I mentioned Salah there, and the other the reason I'm saying this is because. Bournemouth are, are weak down that left-hand side. Everton exposed them there. Now, Everton don't really have anything. They, they've started Luckman and Seamus Coleman on that right-hand side, and they kept getting Bournemouth down their left-hand side. Adam Smith was the full-back. Fraser does not offer much protection for the left-back, and that's why I think Salah could really... Um, he could do well tomorrow because he, he'll, he'll go at them down that right-hand side. And, yeah, I just... Everything, for me, points at a Liverpool win, and I think it could be 2-0, 3-1. They'll, they'll win it easily enough, I think. I'd like to see them go back to the 4-3-3, Phil. I think it's a crucial point you make just to get that high energy going yeah, again yeah. because a lot of the last couple of games I've watched, and I've watched every minute of them, it's very slow. Yeah, there's no rhythm to them. There's no rhythm, and I... You know what? Stick Kaita in behind the front three. Pick whatever two you want from Wijnaldum, from Henderson or Milner. Um, but I think, get the and the crowd have a big part to play here because they were dreadful against Leicester. It was like the crowd felt the pressure of the team yeah, yeah. because City had lost on the Tuesday night. It was like, what do we do? Well, you do what you've always done. Get yeah. behind your team. Yeah, that's, that's it. So let's talk about Manchester City <coughs> and Chelsea. I know this game will be on News Talk and Off the Ball on Sunday. Nathan Murphy and Brian Kerr are there. This is huge. Obviously, City are going to know what Liverpool have done the previous day. City, watching them against Everton, now, especially away from home, they haven't been convincing, but they're still getting the results. The only time they've dropped points this season at home was the Palace game. Yeah. So it all points towards a City win. But so we, Chelsea have beaten them already this season. They have, and I just wonder, you know, Sarri doesn't often change... Um, his tactics in terms of how he sets up. But I wonder, will he alter it a little bit tomorrow? I think Chelsea have got the players to hurt City on the counter. And I think with Higuain, Hazard, there was a little bit of an understanding with them last weekend. I know it was only against Huddersfield, but some of their link-up play was quite good to watch. And I think if you've got Willian or Pedro, you've got three players there that can hurt City. Because I still feel City's weak point is their back four. Without question, Fernandinho forward, they're exceptional. They're world-class. But I think if you can turn the Man City back four, Laporte is not a left full. Still not convinced with Otamendi and Stones as a partnership. Kyle Walker was out of favour. Now he's, he's back in. A good season, no. So I just feel, I think, I'm not, I wouldn't advise anyone to be back in City at one to two or four to nine. I think it's short enough. Chelsea, on the other hand, I don't think they're good enough to win. So I'm probably just going to sit on the fence and think that Chelsea are good enough to nick a point. 
Yeah, I, I definitely would agree. I think Chelsea could get a point out of this game. I think that, uh, you know, I know you mentioned about Kante earlier, and I'm it, I'm driven up the wall by Sarri and his yeah. blind spot with Jorginho because Kante should be playing in that position. But that said, Kante has adapted very well to that attacking role. Yeah. He's yeah. got a couple of goals. He scored against Man City at Stamford Bridge. Yeah. He's got two assists, I think, as well last weekend. So Kante can play in that role, even though the fact is he should be playing in the, the role or in the position that Jorginho is in. But um, I think he will. I think Guardiola will go back to Laporte and Stones playing at centre half. I think he'd pick Walker at right back and you know Danilo, possibly Danilo at left back. I yeah. think that's is probably his favourite back four, especially for a big game like yeah. this. Yeah. But I do think Chelsea can score away to see. And I think City actually have they've conceded a goal at home to all the top six sides so far this season. What is the betting now in the overall title race? Yeah, I was just getting up there, Phil. I knew it was coming from you. City are eight to eleven. Yeah. Liverpool six to five, and Spurs at the minute are sixteen to one. Now, a couple of weeks ago, again, Liverpool were as short as I think they were two to five was the shortest they had got. But now City are eight to eleven. Liverpool six to five. Look, Liverpool are eleven on points with a game in hand. If they beat Bournemouth, which I think we all concur that they will, and I wouldn't be surprised if they score three or four tomorrow. It brings back the goal difference a little bit. Yeah. And this league, you might think I'm crazy, but this could come down to goal difference. I think it's going... City beat United in 2012 on goal difference. Yeah, yeah. I think it's going right to the wire. I don't think this league will be over um, until the last day of the season. I think they'll all have to get something. And I just feel... Again, I think there's going to be a lot of twists and turns. Yeah. They've got a lot of similar games. City have got to play Spurs at home. They've got to play United at Old Trafford. Liverpool have got to do the same. They've got to go to Old Trafford. They play Spurs and Chelsea at home. So there's a lot of games that are very similar. So let's see. And I do feel, as you've rightly pointed out in this programme a couple of weeks in a row, as it gets later in the season, I think City are going to be firing on all four fronts where Liverpool won't be. And I think that just might be the deciding factor. Okay, I, I know we're running out of time, Steve. Of Spurs, are they in it? They play Leicester on Sunday. Yeah, like, God, Spurs are funny, aren't they? And we we know they've 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 had some bad results at home, but when you kind of look at the two teams, Leicester and Spurs on paper, I I can't see Leicester going to Wembley and, and getting a result. I just I I, this, I think Spurs will, will have too much of them, and I think Son. Definitely can uh, can well the you know so the, the other thing as well Johnny Evans who he actually played pretty well against Man U despite yeah. the fact they can see that goal I think Evans could do a good job on Son if he's called upon but um, it's it's actually it's a hard enough one to call but I, I'd be edging towards Spurs definitely to win that game absolutely. yeah you just look at Spurs the last three games to actually get nine points laid on it shows a serious um, they just don't know when they're even going to draw. They just want to keep winning. They don't draw. No, they don't draw. I mean, <laughs> what is it? 19 wins and six defeats. Yeah. But listen, at the end of the day, three draws is only worth one win. Yeah. And they're still there. They are still there. If they beat Leicester, they're only two behind City. Yeah. They'll probably be five behind Liverpool. There's a lot of big games to play. And if they can stick to those couple of points behind and get Harry Kane back yeah. and then get Deli Alley back, they're actually doing it without two of their best players. And they did it while Son was going away as well. Yeah. So... Spurs are, you know, they're they're scoring late as well, which is also crucial. Like you know, they're they're sticking, they're they're battling hard to get yeah. late goals against Newcastle, against Fulham. 
Um, the other one worth looking at there as well, I think, is Leicester, they've conceded 31 goals, 14 of those goals, sorry, 11 of those goals have been in the first 15 minutes yeah, of matches. Slow so starters, looking yeah. at Spurs to score in the opening 15 is, is always worth a look. Okay, I, uh, I'm going to get this week's bets now um, and we're going to start with, uh, we start with Leon. Leon, uh, you've gone for... Brighton and Burnley, a draw. This is a go a game that doesn't produce many goals. So, <laughs> no, I just don't see many goals. It's a late kickoff. It's the half five game. Um, I won't be watching it, um, but I do feel a share of the spoils. I just think Brighton and Burnley. It has all the hallmarks, maybe, of a no goal scorer bet. Even if you wanted to risk that, um, I think both teams uh, would be happy with a point. Yeah. Okay. Kevin Caban, fresh from last week's. Triumph, rare, rare success. <laughs> yeah, he's going for United to win. You can see the handicap minus one, and Southampton to win. Um, obviously, Southampton are playing. Who are Southampton playing this weekend? I have the fixture list in front of me, but I can't seem to find <laughs> it. Southampton are home to Cardiff. Southampton are home to Cardiff. Home to Cardiff. Look, Neil Warnock was very emotional, hmm. obviously last week for obvious reasons but it was a good win for Cardiff and they'll be looking at this game like Cardiff are still third favourite in terms of getting relegated I think we all know Huddersfield and Fulham are gone um, Cardiff are the only side I think that might have a possibility of getting out of it so they'll be looking to try and get something from this game they're a 4-1 chance to win the game so Tampton are 3-4 to four and the draw is 13-5 yeah I think it's fair pricing isn't it really yeah yeah. okay I've gone for a treble United City and Liverpool all to win that's 3-1 to one. so I think we've all pretty much it's the stickiest one there is City obviously yeah 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 you think United and Liverpool should win and then look Maybe it's my Liverpool hat, Steve. I'm hoping Chelsea can uh, <laughs> nick something from City, but you never know. Yeah, and Steve, your bet actually involves that City and Chelsea game. You fancy Chelsea to score, and in particular, Gonzalo Higuain scored two last week, nine to four to score any time. Yeah, I, you know, I watched him fill the last couple of games, and there was a lot of doubts about his fitness and whether he'd be able to adapt to the Premier League and that kind of thing. And his first couple of games, I know he played against Sheffield Wednesday in the Cup. Um, I can't remember who they played before, the, the week after that. But it was the Bournemouth game. The Bournemouth game. Yeah, yeah. Just watching him and his movement in the box. He was getting chances. He was he was getting into the right positions. That's the crucial thing for a striker. He's getting the right places, and he showed last week like that, that he can be a fox in the box as well as score from outside the, the box. Yeah, and his first goal was good against Huddersfield. Absolutely, last week. was. I think he'll he'll get chances in, in, against City, and his record in Europe is absolutely phenomenal. If you look at his stats, he also tends to score in in, in patches. You know, he he may be scoring four or five games in a row. He's playing on. Sorry, his confidence going to be up after last week and City haven't really had to deal with in the last few weeks of looking at all their fixtures they haven't had to defend against a real top world class striker I think they will be in trouble you're writing off Salomon Rondon there Steve gave <laughs> 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 City a tough time <laughs> but right. yeah look I think 9-4 it's over over 2-1 it's a great price for, for a striker like him ok remember gamble responsibly and that's all the, the football bets before we go Leon Allianz Football League some yep. tasty ones tomorrow Kerry and Dublin yeah look I mean the, they are the most two decorated uh, counties in the football um, division Kerry are big price, five to two at home. Um, the dubs are four to nine, and the draw is fifteen to two. I was hugely impressed uh, with Cormac Costello last week. He's had a lot of niggling injuries. He's still a young man, and I think even when you heard like Jim Gavin after the game speaking about his unselfish work for the team, 
even though he's well capable of being their, I think, their talisman um, during this campaign. Um, but Kerry, they've got a very young squad. Um, in Clifford, they've got one of the best forwards in the country. It's a, you know, like it's a tricky game. I think just looking at the straight match odds, I think Kerry at five to two at home is a big price. When we all know the Dubs are not near their best yet. No. But they had to bounce back against Galway. They did. But this will be a much bigger test. And I've liked the way Peter Keane has set Kerry up. They're a little bit more defensive. Um, they're not afraid to just soak up a bit of pressure and then hit you on the defensive. break. Defensive, Kerry. Yeah, wow. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because they can't go toe for toe with Dublin. No team can. Yeah. And I think, I think even looking at the first game in the league, the way Kerry set up, it was very much hit you on the break because they do have a lot of talent up front. So I'm interested to watch this game. Um, but Kerry at five to two, big price. I think Pat Spillane was taken to the doctor last week when he saw the first couple of games and, <laughs> and saw how Kerry were playing so defensively. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then just before we go, Mayo. I tell you, James Horan is back. Well, listen. They've got a twinkle in their eye. That <laughs> win in Tyrone last week. Did I see Ole Gunnar Solskjaer hold up a Mayo yeah. shirt during the week? Yeah. Isn't Obviously Kevin, got nobbled by Kevin Kilban. If Kevin Kilban can tip a treble, Mayo can win a league. Um, they're 6-1 to one on to beat Cavan. Uh, Cavan Kevin are 5-1. to one. Mayo will win. And two other decent games. I think Ross Common against Tyrone. Tyrone need to bounce back. Yeah, it was... It was it was a disappointing performance from their perspective. They're six to four on to beat Roscommon away from home. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be going near Tyrone now at four to six on or six to four on away from home. I think Roscommon at seventeen to ten, and I think Monaghan will beat Galway at four to nine. Yeah, lovely stuff. That is our lot for this week. Plenty for you to think about over the weekend. Plenty to enjoy, and as I said, always gamble responsibly. We'll be back next week at twelve fifteen. Until then, take care. Football on Off The Ball Brought to you by Boyle Sports Now with same day withdrawals to your Visa debit card